Hello, creepies and cryptids from all over. Welcome to the Creepster Movement. All your creepy needs made true by two high schoolers. I'm Calvin. And I'm Gage. So let's get into it. By the way, guys, this is just future Calvin to put in a forewarning. This episode will contain graphic depictions of violence, death, and gore. So uh, listener's discretion is advised. Listen as you please. Have a good day, guys. Alright guys, welcome back to the Creepster Moment. Yep, this is two. Yeah, this is episode two. This episode is going to be all over the place because for the past two weeks, Gage has been grounded and I have just not researched whatsoever. You did not have to out me like that. I did have to out you. That is not their business. (laughs) But yeah, he got grounded and I was just lazy and didn't do my research, so he's going to be researching while I read the creepypasta. Hopefully this works out. This is not going to work. I am calling it now. It's it's not going to work. The entire time I could have been researching for this episode, I was playing Minecraft. Like, literally, I made my entire base out of stronghold circles. I have an entire thing going. I'm about to go to the nether. And not once did I stop to think, hey, maybe I should do some research for the podcast. Maybe. Just, just maybe. Maybe. And as of recording this, we have four Homestuck references in this entire world. We have Rezzy or Terezzy. We have Sweet Bro and Hella Jeff, which are two birds. And then we have a dog named Stairs. Oh, I'm worried about those stairs, man. I told, told you, dog. dog. <laughs> Anyways, let's get into it. Gage, are you ready? Uh, absolutely not, but here we go. Alright. <laughs> Alright. SCP- Oh, seven, Wait, seven. we gotta we gotta read the creepy pasta first. Oh yeah. You nerd. I do not have that pulled up. Hold on, I'm. No, you just oh, gotta do no. the research. You just gotta do the research while I read the creepy pasta. Yeah, I just I just want I just want to have it pulled up. We went over this. <laughs> All right. Oh no, it's blocked on my computer. Yeah, creepypasta.com uh, is blocked on the school computer, so I have to use my personal and then just record on my school computer. Okay. All right. As they walked up the front steps of the house, Tommy could feel his fear set in. The view of the old farmhouse and the fading sunlight was enough to send chills into your bones, and for some reason, they were going into it. He could feel his arms and legs grow weak as he stepped onto the rickety porch, standing in front of the door. He could see paint chipping as rotted areas that exposed large gaps between the boards. Wait, and rotting areas that exposed large gaps between the boards. This this one's kind of confusing. <laughs> And don't laugh at me, I'm trying. <laughs> I'm not laughing at you, I'm laughing with you. Okay. He pushed open the front door and entered the house with a loud creak and a gust of dust blowing, uh, blown about. Blowing? Blown about. His throat was tight. Even if he tried offering the others words of comfort, he would have failed. Tommy lit the lantern and proceeded into the entranceway. The inside was more intimidating than the outside. A long hallway with an open living room. Hold on, I have to burp. Nasty, Calvin. <laughs> This is... Oh, no. Train wreck. This is, like, even worse than the first episode. <laughs> this is your fault. You did no... You did no research. I did no research. Although <laughs> I'm blaming this on you. Even though you were part of it. All right, how was I part of it? You got grounded and you didn't research your own SCP. <laughs> I just read it straight from the wiki. Yeah, you didn't pick one and I had to pick it for you. Shut up. I, I thought we would have to get one of our friends to come and record it for us because I wasn't sure if he was going to be back in time. So I said, 
hey, Tamia, would you mind doing a recording for us? And she was like, sure thing. And now she's probably let down because we do actually have you and she's not going to be on the show for a while until we get her back up. I'm quite lucky. This is quite literally the most lucky scenario that we got out of this. Oh, yeah. Like, we thought we wouldn't be able to record until, like, next weekend, which was Yeah, just have a late episode. This is a very late episode. We're recording this on the Saturday before I publish. Yeah, it's, it's probably not going to get published until next week. Probably not. They were right. This was recorded on the Monday before I publish. So sorry if this comes out late, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Such a train wreck. It is. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you know what? We'll take it from the top. We'll just cut all this out. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll keep it in, and I'll just, like, continue from where I was. The inside was more intimidating than the outside. A long hallway with an open living room on the immediate left, a door at the end on the right side, and a staircase at the end. It seemed very simple on the inside compared to the size of the house from the outside. The air became thicker, and it made it hard to breathe. It must have been my nerves. My nerves? This has been in, like, third person this entire time, what? Tommy steeled himself and moved into the living room, dropping his overnight pack and sleeping bag around some dusty, run-down furniture. The others followed his lead. Charles voiced his thoughts aloud. Why the hell did we agree to this? This place is really a slum, stated Cindy. They moved further into the living room and cleared off the debris from the run-down and rotted furniture. That's like the second time they've used that. This is quite the journey. Listen, a week ago when I picked this creepypasta, I did not read through it because I was in a rush to get everything set up because I didn't think we would have time. And now I'm reading through this and maybe I should have picked a different one. Yeah, just maybe. (laughs) Maybe. I'm sorry if you guys hear my brother in the background. He just came home, so. Tommy immediately took a defensive position. Look, guys, don't be a bunch of bitches. We said we'd stay the night in this stupid house, so let's get it over with. Mark chimed in. Haven't you ever seen any horror movies, Tommy? This is exactly how they start. Bunch of stupid kids going into a haunted house to stay the night. Tommy laughed. Come on, man. This isn't some bull story. This house isn't actually haunted. Supposed to be the boogeyman's house, right? Cindy continued. The boogeyman? I haven't believed in the boogeyman since I was three, Tommy. It'd be quicker to believe this place was just haunted by some creepy spirits or something. Exactly, Tommy said in a matter-of-fact manner. Tommy felt a bit better now that they had opened up a conversation. He wasn't sure if he'd make it all night in silence. Oh my god. (laughs) My fucking cat is laying on my arm. I'm so sorry, guys. This This is a train wreck. I'm gonna have to do a lot of editing. And I have my I have my long earring on today, so it's like hitting my my microphone. Oh, it's a train wreck. (laughs) Oh no. It's better than nothing. He'd been second-guessing their adventure at every step of the way, but it was too late now. Darkness had settled around the farm, and the dim, cold house grew dimmer and colder. The chill of the night air began to penetrate the walls, and the kids set up their sleeping bags in a small circle around the living room. They were too proud to admit to each other that they were all scared senseless. No one would venture away from the lantern, not even to use the restroom. He was sure they all had their own flashlights, but the lantern seemed to offer some comfort to them. And just like the others, Tommy had no desire to leave that bit of comfort. They passed small talk for a while, trying to avoid silence as much as possible. When it was quiet for too long, he could feel insecurity creeping into his mind, like every bit of his instinct was screaming. Danger. Ooh. 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 <laughs> Tommy had to keep reminding himself it was all nonsense. It had to be. That was the whole point for tonight anyhow. They were going to challenge their fear and come out tomorrow laughing about the whole bogus idea. They pulled out some overnight snacks and began eating. Once everyone had finished the snacks they were working on, Mark pulled out a bottle of 151. Wait, what is 151? Can you look that up? Pretty sure it's alcohol. Let's, let's find out. Yep, it's rum. Oh. Bacardi 151 is a discounted brand of highly alcoholic rum. Oh. 
Okay, I brought refreshments. Mark said with a mischievous look. Oh lord. These kids are probably like our age as well, which makes it worse. Yeah, it'll be fine. Um, just to say we do not condone underage drinking. Yeah. I mean, unless you're like me, where your family's Jewish and you kind of have to. It's not a lot, but like... A shot of wine won't do anything to hurt you. Yeah, it's like... I don't have enough to get me drunk or tipsy or whatever, but like, summit service... Oh lord, here we go. <laughs> Shut up. Alright, so, I just grabbed some um, candy from the kitchen as well, because it was spooky season and we had leftover candy. <laughs> Cindy responded, yeah, that's what we need right now. Let's pour some stupid on top of stupid. Tommy laughed and said, Hell, a little liquid courage isn't stupid. We'll all feel a little better after a few swigs. The bottle was passed around and everyone took a few shallow drinks at first. He had been right. Tommy could feel the chills ease off as the liquor ran deep down into his core, feeling hot in his chest as he took it in. They continued passing the bottle and finally succeeded in fended off the atmosphere. Okay, can I just say something? Go for it. How are they drinking this just straight out of the bottle? I have no idea. Like, this. Oh, What, did you get a crap piece of candy? No, I haven't opened the candy yet because I'm too scared that the crinkle will be too loud. Hold on, let me try it. Plus, it's generally not good to eat during your recording, but I'll try some. True. Oh, it's actually not that bad. Okay. Tommy felt alive again as the buzz kicked in. With his fear under control, Tommy decided to take the next step in his plan for tonight. He had prepared a story to really rile up the group. So, without any more hesitation, he began with the husk voice. Quiet down, guys, and listen up. He dimmed the lantern a bit for atmosphere. Tommy continued, The story of the boogeyman starts right here in this house. What about a hundred years ago? They say he was an outcast, always driven away by the other kids of the town. You see, he was born with a strange skin disease that corrupted his body and face. The others called him a monster, a ghoul, often running away as if it were a permanent game of tag. As the years of loneliness went by, the boogeyman grew strange and demented. The people of the village would find shrines on the edge of the farm made of animal parts and sticks. Whether the boogeyman had grown fond of evil spirit rituals or simply trying to keep the people away from his home, no one knew for sure. The group was sucked right into Tommy's story, and he had them right where he wanted them. Tommy continued further. After the boogeyman's parents passed away, he was no- You trying to, you trying to tell a creepy story? No, cat meow. Trixie, what the hell? I just need to close my door. You're loud. Very. This is my cat, Trixie. You wanna say hi? Special guest, Trixie. Special guest, Trixie. Ew, don't lick my hand. <laughs> your breath stinks. I don't want your nasty spit on me. Oh, God. This is gonna be very messy to edit. And it was. Okay. After the boogeyman's parents passed away, he was no longer seen at all, not even on the grounds of the farm. The ta- Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> gonna have a nice podcast nope get your tail out of the mic future calvin i am so sorry do not apologize for future calvin it was his idea future calvin please put a little clip in here <laughs> to to tell to tell us what you're feeling Ex- yes please do please so so um even more future calvin and future gage can look back on it and laugh at it just laugh at your suffering. Yes. I'm going to stop the recording here so I can give my ch- uh, myself a chance to speak.
Um, I'm just gonna say this now. I'm amused. I kind of don't like past Calvin. To be honest, I want to hit past Calvin over the head with a roll of newspaper because I wasted all this time not editing, and here I am on a Monday morning during Thanksgiving break editing. So, uh, fuck you, past Calvin. Alright, and there we go. Alright. We're keeping that in, by the way. Yes, absolutely. We want future Calvin's input. I just want to know what future Calvin has to say just about <laughs> us being chaotic. He's probably going to be like, fuck you guys. I hate both of you. It's going to be like 3 a.m. tonight, and I'm going to be still up editing audio and being like, oh my fucking god. You sons of bitches actually did that. You whores. You whores. Alright, the town had grown curious as to whether or not he was still alive, or if he had starved to death long ago. The only remnants of his existence were the shrines positioned around the farm, which were quickly replaced any time that they were vandalized or broken. The younger children, hearing stories from the townsfolk, began to grow bold and venture onto the farm to get a better look of the ghoul. With no luck, finally the children even ventured into the house searching for the boogeyman. A pair of brothers, who were brave enough, decided they would see the ghoul no matter what, and then entered the house without so much as a knock. The brothers never returned, not even a sound was heard, but the door had snapped shut quickly after the boys had entered and no one was brave enough to follow. After the That's kind of what happens when you break into some guy's house! Exactly! I always try to knock when we go over to the abandoned property that's right across the street from my papa's house, because even though it you was- abandoned, You know where an abandoned property is? Oh my- Yeah, that's where I got a couple of my shirts from. Hex yeah, brother! <laughs> I, I gotta come visit then. Like, it's still his property, it used to be his old house when he was a kid but like it's still kind of cool to have that part of history and I still want to be respectful to any spirits that reside there before the house was built because you know in this house we respect people <laughs> I say it's fucking the dead. I say it's the fucking cat in my lap does not get up throw it no I'm not gonna she's like seven years old I'm not gonna throw her yeah no don't throw the old cat then she's baby after the children told the townsfolk of what had happened, they had wit uh, of what they had witnessed, there was an uproar. A mob assembled in the town that night and marched on the farmhouse. The boogeyman opened his door to the entire town, enraged with torches and farm tools, outside his front porch, jeering and shouting about justice and vengeance. The boogeyman had no words for them, so he branded a murderer, and the mob grabbed him from the porch. So he was branded a murderer, and the mob grabbed him from the porch, tied him to a stake, and then proceeded to burn him alive. Ooh. Huh. How long is this? Okay, it's pretty long. Future Calvin, we're sorry. This is going to be, like, our longest episode. Oh, yeah. Future Calvin's going to be pissed at us. We're not sorry. Uh, yeah, I know you guys aren't sorry, but you guys better be fucking happy that I got this up, even if it's a little bit late. It went ahead and stopped to put in more future Calvin input. <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds about right. Yeah, the relief the alcohol had offered had vanished entirely. The lantern's light somehow seemed dimmer, and the windows were black. Cindy shifted uncomfortably, and the other two looked around nervously. Even Tommy felt the atmosphere shift drastically, and he could feel the fear creeping back into his chest. His chest was getting tight and hard to breathe again. The darkness had grown so dense he could feel it pressing in on them. They pulled their sleeping bags up a bit as the chill began to pierce their thick clothes. He had become lost in his own story, and there was no stopping without finishing where he started. 
Tommy took a darker tone as he persisted. The town was restless as they sentenced the boogeyman to his fate. Following his death, children of the town would go missing without a trace never to be found, and it was always believed that the children were taken by the spirit of the boogeyman. This was, in part, because of many shrines that were still present on the borders of the farm, and also because of the events that had preceded the boogeyman's death. The townsfolk avoided the farm as much as possible. Trixie! I... I am speechless. I am speechless. What? Trixie. I love this cat very much. I love her to death, but what the fuck? Throw. No! She's an old lady. Old ladies need to learn some manners. She has a husband and kids. She's not doing too much. She was just, like, hitting my computer. Anyways, the townsfolk avoided the farm as much as possible and taught their children that it was cursed land. For 40 years after the last of the disappearances, the farm was left alone. Until one summer, a group of four kids, much like our group, decided to venture into this house to prove the legends were fake and face the supposed curse that their elders had been so convinced of. They had entered the house as the sun was setting. They were so convinced that the legends were false that they were willing to stay the night. As night overcame the house, they began to the house when the night had finally settled and the house had grown dark as it could as dark as it could they were shocked by the sound of a sudden voice echoing through the whole house i've got you where i want you and now i'm going to eat you tommy i really don't want to hear this can you stop begged cindy he could tell fear had regained its grip on his friends but still he was unable to stop his story he couldn't understand why but he had to finish again tommy persisted stop being a wuss cindy the kids were terrified by the voice and cried out who's there but there was no response only the dark of the house they began to move further into the house looking left right and all over for anyone who could be responsible for the words they had heard they had come up to the top of the stairs when they heard it again but this time it was clearly from the bottom of the stairs i got you where i want you and now i'm going to eat you they were shaking in fear terrorized by the voice that was taunting them they mustered up their courage, thinking it had to be someone pulling a prank on them. Plenty of their friends knew they were going to brave the house. This kind of gives me, like, Blair Witch vibes. It does. Like, you know that part in Blair Witch, where the guys are in the house, like, possessed, and they're hunting the girl? Like, it yeah. kind of feels like that. I don't know if any of the followers of the podcast have ever watched Blair Witch, but there's a part in Blair Witch where um, the girl is trying to find the guys because she's scared and wants to go back home. And the guys are possessed, so she hears one of her friends from the top of the stairs and goes up there to find nobody up there. And then she hears them from the basement and goes down into the basement and finds her friend facing the wall. And then the camera just like cuts off completely. Dude, that, I've seen that clip. I've never seen the movie, but, like, there's something in the corner, and then the camera just stops. Yeah, like, he starts to turn around, and then the camera, like, cuts off. Yeah, or there, I think there's another clip where there's someone in a corner, and then the camera falls. Yeah, I think that's the clip. I think that's but when they yeah. find, like, the witch's hut and whatnot. Yeah, that's, like, they were in the witch's hut, and they got possessed. It's, like, it's very creepy, but it's basically, like, one theory is that, um, they set up the Blair Witch Project as kind of like a plot to murder the girl, which I think that's cool as hell. I think that's very interesting. Yeah. Like, isn't that just such a genius way to kill someone? Yeah, but that's also terrifying. Yeah, and then just like make it into a found footage thing. Yeah, like it was, like it wasn't, it wasn't even really a thing that happened. Yeah, and the Blair Witch Project is fake, like, is completely fake. The people that recorded it are completely fine, but like... Alright, we need to finish the story. Yeah, we need to finish the story. Maybe we should just, um, skip over the cryptid for today and just do the SCP after this. Yeah, maybe. I feel like that's a good place to stop. You just don't want to have, you just don't want to have to do some of the... I don't wanna...
Like, I can give you guys a couple of fun facts about this, but that's it. After this, I'm, like, I'm done. I'm tired. We've already just started, and I'm tired. They mustered up their courage, thinking it had to be someone pulling a prank on them. Plenty of their friends knew they were going to brave the house. They went to the door at the bottom of the stairs, where they thought the voice had come from. I got you where I want you, and now I'm going to eat you! The voice had just been behind the door, and somehow seemed even more sinister than it had ever been before. Mark had a look of vague disbelief, while Charles had settled deep into his sleeping bag. Cindy had all but disappeared into her sleeping bag and scooted herself as close to Mark as she could without actually crawling into his lap. Tommy felt some satisfaction, but was also struggling with his storytelling. He was reeling them in deep and he knew it. It was like he had lost all control and someone was telling the story through him. The wind pressed against the house and whistled gently through the gaps in the windows and front door. Leaves were gently pushed across the floor, making soft scraping sounds. He allowed a brief moment for suspense and then continued his story. The kids pushed open the door slowly with shaking hands. The room was empty except for a dining table and a chair. A single candle ignited on the table, revealing a grotesque figure sitting in the chair. His face was broad and skin, but taut and bruised. His eye sockets deep and dark, pure white eyes staring into the void. He raised his hand to his face and brought his long, skinny, skeletal finger to his face. On the very tip of his finger was a horrid, large, and very green booger! I got you where I want you, and now I'm gonna eat you! With that, the boogeyman gobbled up his booger with excitement. The kids ran in terror. The sight of the boogeyman eating his booger terrified them so much that every time they saw a booger, they were scared speechless. You stupid son of a- squealed Cindy. Yo, you had me going so good there. Mark retorted, smiling but slightly dumbfounded. Charles said nothing but began a silent giggle fit as he buried his face into the sleeping bag. Tommy felt- <laughs> That was actually kind of ridiculous. That was real dumb, but I love it. <laughs> yeah! Tommy felt the air lighten a bit, completely satisfied with the results of his story. He thoroughly enjoyed himself while his friends laughed it off. The lack of control he felt disappeared and he felt his buzz more prominently than before. They were back to a group of friends camping out, enjoying the company of each other. Then he heard something he did not expect, a mix within the laughter of his friends. There was a harsh rasp of the leaves that almost matched the laughter of the others, like something else was laughing along with them. Tommy's heart jolted as a chill shot straight through his bones. He could feel goosebumps rise along his arms, legs, and neck all at once. You guys hear that? Tommy asks, and the group laughter subsided. Bro, you already got us. We're not going to feed right back into it, Mark responded with a big smile. Tommy stared at Mark for a moment, unsure of this feeling of dread, but decided that it must have been his imagination he responded. <laughs> yeah, you're right, man. We get some more of that 151. Once again, we do not condone underage drinking. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Mark passed the bottle and Tommy took a drink, gulp after gulp, until he felt his uneasiness fade a bit more. His mind quieted a bit, but it was still on edge. He was no longer imagining what could go wrong, but instead felt as if they were on the edge of a cliff, about to plunge to their doom. Mark, who had drunk quite a bit more than the others out of nowhere, announced his amazing idea to the group. Okay, okay, let's do something cool. I'm actually starting to enjoy this a bit. What you thinking? Asked Cindy. We should play hide and seek, Mark said with a maniacal expression. Cindy nervously laughed while saying, You could have come up with something worse while we're already in the middle of this bowl. The group's vibe had smoldered quickly. Oh, my dog's dreaming. Cute. That's so cute. I can I can hear her barking in the other room, but like it's really faint and quiet. Kind of like when your dog barks while they're asleep. Yeah. So cute. All right. The group's vibe had smoldered quickly as everyone realized meant they could all have to go by themselves alone in this creepy house. Charlie and Cindy contested heavily until Tommy spoke up. Good idea, Mark. 
I'll even go first. Tommy's half-hearted smile must have worked. They stopped complaining and begrudgingly. First, Charles and Cindy wandered off into the darkness, each with their own flashlight, quickly followed by Mark while Tommy stayed alone in the living room. Tommy watched as they walked around the corner and out of sight. He began by closing his eyes to the world and methodically counting out loud. One. The wind rustled the leaves a bit more as the sounds of footsteps disappeared. Two. A steady, slow creep reverberated through the house. Three. Complete silence engulfed Tommy. Only his own breathing could be heard. Four. The air grew dense and his heart began racing. Five. He began to realize he was entirely alone. Six. Unable to withstand it anymore, he opened his eyes to the dimly lit room. Seven. Panic began to set in. Tommy gently turned up the lantern to brighten its flame. Eight. He stood in his place, staring desperately into the hallway, dread flooding his mind and chills through his body. Nine. He braced himself internally. Ten. Here I come! Tommy... <laughs> what the fuck did I just do? I have no idea, but we're not going to talk about it. Nope. Alright. Tommy carefully stepped into the hallway, flashlight in hand. He bounced it from the left wall to the right wall and back, while he wandered deep down in the corridor opposite of the front door. All the liquid courage he had drained from his veins, only to be replaced with an icy chill. It had reminded him of the time he'd gotten a saline drip during his last hospital visit. The little warmth he had washed away from his limbs and stomach with every step he took. He felt sickly, and cold sweats had come over him by the time he reached the bottom of the stairs. The hallway corridor was small and made Tommy feel claustrophobic. The candle holders on the wall there were extremely rusted and thick with grime. There was fresh wax melted into the sides, which Tommy had thought was odd, but wouldn't focus on what that could mean. The only other thing in the hall was a door at the bottom of the stairs on Tommy's right, opposite of the living room they had just been nesting in. There was no handle, just a brass ring. So Tommy pushed on the door. The wood groaned with the stress of being pushed, but didn't budge a bit. Must be locked somehow. Tommy wasn't inclined to pursue. Anything locked up in the house needed to stay that way. He is right. It does need to stay that way. Yes. He slowly began climbing the stairs. With every step, there was a jarring creak in the boards. How did I not hear this when I was counting? The silence was suffocating, so every little sound that he made was surprisingly loud. This only added to his anxiety. He felt like he needed to be quiet, to not be heard. Tommy reached to the top of the stairs to see another small hallway running through the same direction that the hall below had run. It was almost identical, except there was no front door at the end. Instead, there was a large window, and there were three doors in this hallway, two on his right side and one on the side with the staircase entrance. There was a muffled thump from the bedroom at the end of the hall on the right. Bet they're freaking out just as much as I am. Tommy felt a small bit of relief. He knew being with at least one person, he would make this more bearable. But he walked quicker as he went to the room's door. Another brass ring, but then he pushed on it. It swung open. That's not... Uh, uh, that's, that? that's bad. That is oh, bad. I, I don't like that either. There was a small bed with bedside tables on either end, all covered in a thick layer of dust. The dust on the floor had been stirred a bit, as if someone had been walking through it. But Tommy could not make out any footprints. That. Mm. I don't like that. 
The trail of distracted dust led into a large wardrobe at the back of the room. Tommy crept up into the wardrobe, but did not wait long before throwing it wide open. To his surprise, there was nothing inside, just more thick dust and the old farmer's shirt hanging up, well-worn and rotted. A very soft noise came from behind him, like someone moving on the bed. Tommy's heart jumped in his throat as dread overtook him. His mind was racing. He spun on the spot, expecting one of his friends to be sitting there, holding back a laugh at their little trick on him. Instead, there was a black figure on all fours. Nope. Yep, nope. Leaving. We've already had... Last episode, we had a black figure on all fours. Oh, yeah. I had almost forgotten. Except I don't think this one's, like, long. I think this one's, like, actually pretty short. Two eyes were barely visible on a disfigured, blackened face. It was too dark to make out anything clearly. As soon as Tommy saw it, before he could shine the flashlight, the creature flung backwards off the bed and scurried out of the bedroom with a terrifying speed and unnatural way of crawling on all fours, like it had a twisted spine that forced it to crawl. <laughs> no thank you. Yeah, I'll go with that too. I am good. No thanks. <laughs> I just kind of looked down at Trixie and went like, huh, it might be a very big cat. Mm. At the same moment, wind blew in from the only window in the room, and the bedroom door slammed shut. Tommy sat down right where he was, clutching his chest. What in the hell was that? He said to himself out loud. It didn't look like any animal he had ever seen, and it definitely was not human. Tommy had experienced a new feeling. Absolute terror. He registered that he was in shock, but he couldn't fight it. He didn't know how he could. Then he thought of his friends hiding somewhere in the house still, and got a bit of his strength back. We need to get the fuck out of here, now. Jumping to his feet, he was no longer worried about being quiet. He knew there was something there now. Running to the door, he grabbed his brass ring and pulled. The door didn't open. The wind behind him continued blowing, and there was a scraping sound that began to get loud behind him, like something being dragged across wood. Tommy felt his heart jump again, but he wouldn't look back. He pulled and pulled until finally the door swung open. He ran into the hallway and spun around, shining his flashlight toward the sound that was behind him. There was nothing, just the same bed and tables. He had been sure, though. There was definitely something behind him. He couldn't remember a time in his life when he had felt this hopeless. Tommy looked around the hallway again, wondering if the, where the creature had gone. Guys, let's go! Screw this! We need to get out of this house! Tommy yelled. A few moments went by, and the house was just as sickeningly quiet as it had been since his friends went to hide. He stood a step towards the door across from the room he had come out of, and he heard a voice call out, I got you where I want you, and now I'm going to eat you! He couldn't believe now it. Now you see, now you see, in in the words of the famous JonTron, Out of this house! That might be copyrighted. Just, let's just go with, let's just, I, I... But yeah, right. as, as the famous JonTron has said, Out of this house! Out of this house. Alright, anyways, he couldn't believe it. Here he was wondering if he'd actually crap his pants in terror. While some freaky unknown creature running around in this horrid house, his friends were messing with him. It sounded like Mark, but he wasn't sure exactly where he'd heard it from. Either the door near the stairway or back downstairs. Mark, let's go, man, this isn't funny. No more games, come on, guys. He cried out. Tommy could hear his voice shake with every word. They must have been having a blast with this. He came to the door by the stairway. They had to be in there. Tommy was convinced of it. There was nowhere else that voice could have come from. He placed his hand on the door, ready to face whatever could be on the other side, taking a deep breath, and he began to push. Again, the voice called out to him. I got you where I want you, and now I'm going to eat you! Tommy had frozen in his spot. The voice was coming from the stairway, but it seemed like it was also coming from everywhere in the house. Ignoring the heavy pressure on his chest, he turned back towards the stairway and approached the stairs. 
I got you where I want you, and now I'm going to eat you! The voice rang out again, crisper, definitely from the bottom of the stairs. The room at the bottom, it had to be. They must have put something in the front of the door to keep me out, Tommy thought. He descended the stairs carefully, with every step creaking as, again as he climbed down. As he reached the door, he looked down the hall and saw the front door. The light from the lantern in the living room had all but burnt out. Suddenly, he had a strong urge to run. The door was right there. He didn't know where the creature had gone, but he was sure he could get away. His thoughts seemed to run rampant. You can't leave your friends. You can't. You have to get them out. You have to. Mark's voice sounded as clear as, as being in the living room earlier. I got you where I want you, and now I'm going to eat you! Tommy looked at the door by the stairs. Thinking about wringing Mark's neck gave him just enough courage to push through the door again. It gave way easily this time, and soundlessly swung open in an almost pitch-black room. The moonlight shone through the windows opposite of Tommy, just enough to cast silhouettes of his friends sitting at a dining table on each side of the table and one in the middle. Mm, yes, booger. <laughs> Hush! A candle ignited in the middle of the table, casting just enough light on the room for Tommy to see everything. The table was covered in body parts and organs, all on display on serving dishes. There was blood on everything. The dishes, the table, the floors, the walls, and it was even spattered across the ceiling. His friend's head had heads had been attached to scarecrow bodies in each of the seats of the dining table, leaving only one seat for the headless scarecrow. Tommy couldn't comprehend what he was looking at. How? How is this? What? Tommy's tra thoughts trampled over each other. The urge to run came back even fiercer than before. He had to run. He needed to get away as soon as he possibly could. Tommy was still frozen where he stood, unable to run, unable to do anything. He just kept looking at the scene of his friends posed around a dinner table of their own body parts. He then heard it from right behind him. A soft voice mixed with the scratching sounds like the leaves on the floor being blown out. It whispered in his ear, I got you where I want you, and now I'm going to eat you. And that was A Night at the Farmhouse. Yeah, no, I'm going to go cry myself to sleep now. I, uh, no, sir, you come right back here and read your SCP file. Uh, ah! Ah! What? Ah! What? Ah! My, uh, my cat's still asleep on my lap. That is painful. How did she manage to sleep through me shouting, I got you where I want you, now I'm going to eat you? <sighs> well, that was something. That was something. <laughs> I'm not sure how to feel about that. Hmm, yes, body parts. Hmm, yes, body parts. My favorite meal. That definitely was way gorier than the last one. Maybe we should have put a... Oh, well, that's a future Calvin problem. It was a future Calvin problem, but now it's both of y'all's problems. Yeah, future Calvin problem. <laughs> future Calvin hates us. Future Calvin hates us. <laughs> but it's, it's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine. When I put this up and I post the Instagram photo... For me, um, editing this, I want you all to, like, apologize to future Calvin. No. I as soon as this comes out. We will not apologize to future Calvin. Uh, he you will. No, he did not. We signed up for this, and then gave him a shit ton of work to deal with. It'll be fine. Okay. It'll be fine. SCP-077. Or SCP-077. I read a little bit through this one, and it kind of freaks me out. No cap. I don't like it. Object like, class Euclid. Mm. So this one is also harmless. Har it, no, because Euclid is uh, like undetermined. It, it's hard to contain because it's either acts on its own or it is hard to understand or it, it um basically it's just harder to contain the most. 
Okay, so the description of SCP-077 is SCP-077 appears to be the top half of a human skull engraved with runes, each filled with an unidentified black resin. The runes change every lunar month, defined by the full moon rising above the horizon in Ireland. Oh, that's cool. Judaism oh. follows the lunar calendar, so I'm pretty familiar with it. Huh, so it's, so it's an Irish top half of a skull. As well as the winter and summer solstices, the summer solstice, the spring and autumn equinoxes, and whatever and whenever a partial annular or total solar or lunar lunar eclipse is visible from Ireland. If these engravings are not read aloud at least once within a 24-hour period, the eye sockets and nasal cavity of SCP-077 will emit SCP-077-1. SCP-077-1 is a luminescent green vapor whose precise nature remains undetermined. It is to be noted that although SCP-007-1 behaves as a normal gas, in all other ways, it only occupies those spaces which are within SCP-007's effective line of sight, quote-unquote, and does not follow into the space behind SCP-077 unless confined. Opaque, impermeable barriers with no biological content can provide temporary protection from SCP-007-1. However, attempts to permanently contain SCP-007 with opaque containers have failed due to the artifact's production of sufficient quantities of SCP-077-1 to explosively rupture these containers. Ooh, so, <laughs> try and put it in a small box? No. Blam. No more containment. This Does one kind of freaks wants. me out. This, I know that I, like, all tough shit about creepypastas and cryptids and shit like this, but, like, SCPs have always been the one thing able to freak me out. Like, they're I They're contained by a government facility if they I even I know! Existed. But, like, there are some that are, like, capable to end the world and I'm over here, like... Mm, no, thank you. I'm good. I do not need this. And we'll be fine. Okay, so all biological m- material, with the obvious exception of SCP-077 itself, which comes in contact with SCP-007-1, is instantly transformed into a viscous, malderous ooze. See, this is what I'm talking about. I fucking... Uh... <clears throat> it don't, don't touch the gas. Don't touch the gas. The ooze has been identified as the rotted flesh of potato tubers. Plus, it's just potatoes. Solanum tuberosum, I don't know how to pronounce that, which have been severely infected with the potato blight. I'm not going to try and even pronounce that because I'm terrible at pronouncing stuff. Wait, where is it? One, just one, Uh, the potato blight. Where is that? Phythopia, phytho, phyth, oh, phytothrothora. I can, I can do a shot on it. Uh Uh-huh. Phytothora infestans. The potato blight. The potato blight. One cubic, one, just one cubic centimeter of SCP-077-1 transforms upward of 800 grams of biological material. Wait, how big are we? Let's not find out. Mm, scary gauge. (laughs) Man up. Mm, I have no dick. Grow a pair. (laughs) I have none. (laughs) Don't worry, it's kept in a box somewhere. Kept in a box somewhere, it'll be fine. Reading SCP-077's engravings has noticeable, has noticeable if transcendent effects on health, on the health of the readers. These effects include nausea, nausea, cramps, headache, dizziness, and conscience. Hold on. Inability of the body to control the evacuation function. Oh, so basically you just crap yourself. Mm-hmm. Fever, skin rashes, nosebleeds, and 
a state or period of loss of awareness. Oh, so basically just you've you've just lost awareness. So you're confused. Uh, right there. And fuse states, I don't know how to pronounce that. Effects intensify as the time between readings increases and can become cumulative for individuals who read the engravings too many times consecutively and or too frequently. Readers of have a 60% chance of developing an allergy to potatoes. Huh. Hmm. So, that was a description. Special containment procedures. Or do you want an addendum? Or do you want to read the addendum or the special containment pr- procedures first? Was there any addendums on the last one that we did? I don't think so. Okay. Well, I guess we can just skip the addendums unless. This is just like where it was take where where it was taken from. Oh, okay. Then I guess that's your decision. I'm gonna go ahead and read the addendum. Addendum 007-1-01. The artifact was recovered from blank blank in the village of Redacted, Ireland. Locals have built had built a shrine around the artifact, where upwards of Redacted participants would engage in a nightly ritual. Fragmentary historical documents retrieved from the remnants of this of the village church, see archive 007 1576 and library and library see archive 007-1582 indicate that the artifact existed as early as 1848 at which point in time it it is described as in highly positive terms including protector and redacted by 1869 however references to the art to the artifact are fearful resentful and couched in euphemism so that so yeah, it was taken from it was recovered from a village in Ireland, hmm. and in 1848 it was praised, but by 1869, nice, it was then hated. Oh, so so it's a Yeah, probably. Uh, you know, you know, sludge people being turned into sludge. Yeah. SCP, okay, special containment procedures. SCP-077 is to be kept in a research sector, in research sector 861 on top of a 0.5 meter steel pedestal in a 3 meter by 3 meter by 3 meter chamber with 0.5 meter thick steel reinforced walls. The reinforced steel hatch door to the chamber is to comply with AH-37 protocol and is to be guarded at all times by two level one personnel. A boom mic connected to a speech recognition speech recognition system should verify that all pronunciation is within standards. A camera is to be mounted within the chamber to record any changes. Every eight hours, a minimum of two, but preferably three, trained D-class personnel to enter the containment area and, in a loud, clear voice, read the runes etched onto SCP-077 in unison. The reading must be performed by individuals who understand the full meaning of the runes being read, who are able to pronounce the entirety of this inscription correctly, and who are no more than 30 centimeters away from SCP-077. So basically, D-class go in there and they're like, hey, go get sick for us. What? All right, go, 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 go in, go in. Or you get the femur breaker. Go get gooped. <laughs> go, go, go read the thing. Go read, go read the skull and go get sick for me. Go get gooped. Do it or I'll, or I'll put you in the femur breaker. Ah! Not my femurs! All personnel must undergo a one-week training session with the Foundation Linguistics for pronunciation, reading, and dialect coaching. A minimum of 20 D-class personnel are to be trained or or undergoing training at all times. Trained D-class personnel are exempt from termination until such time as they have been replaced. Foundation linguistics are remain are to remain on call in case of an unexpected rune change. Every new set of runes is to be transcribed into phonetic English and provided with literal and idiomatic translations as quickly as possible. See documents 077-blank through blank for 
archive translations. The cafeteria menu for research sector 861 must not include any potatoes or potato-based ingredients. Fun stuff. Um, yeah, so basically, so basically, there's a skull, there's a half of a human skull, the top half at least, which has runes engraved in it, and you read them, you get sick, or you don't read them, and uh, then the gas comes out and it turns you into ooze. Okay, so apparently its normal name is called Rot Skull? Huh. Yeah, see, the, the foundation only identifies them as SCP object, object number. Researchers are to solely refer to them as object class number, item number. But they are, I'm pretty sure they are allowed to give them nicknames. You know, the old man, Peanut, the plague doctor. You know, all the fun ones. It's actually really cool. Oh, yeah. Bit creepy. Bit creepy, yeah. But, yeah, other than that, it's pretty chill. Yeah. Like how I went from furry to skull. They both have been skulls. Yeah, furry skull to normal human skull. Or half of one, at least. Yeah. And I think it turns you into just rotted potato, I think yeah, is what it is. Yeah, rotted potato goop. Yeah, no, just turns you into rotted potato flesh. Which I call getting gooped. <laughs> <laughs> Go read the runes, you're gonna get gooped. <laughs> read the runes, you get gooped, boy. <laughs> no, it's if you read the runes. Well, no, it's no. if you inhale the gas, you get gooped. If you get touched by the gas. Yeah. Which means you have to read the you have to read the runes within twenty four hours. Yeah. At least once. Or else you get gooped. Or you're gonna get gooped. You're gonna get gooped. Gooped. I don't like that. Yeah, that's uh that's the SCP for today. Yeah, and I'm too tired to do a cryptid, especially since I didn't do any of my research. <laughs> Jeez. Mm, I kinda did want to say though, I, I I noticed we have like a theme going on. Oh. Our theme is like death, heads rotting, stuff like that for today. Yeah, we did kind of have a theme of just like you know dead stuff. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe 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 just a, a death warning at the very beginning. Yeah, I'll put that in there somewhere. Future, that's a future cabin problem. That's a future cabin problem. Future cabin is probably gonna be like, what the fuck, you guys? Yeah. Uh, what the fuck? But come on, guys. Really. Oof. It's like 1.49 at the time of recording this right now. And I don't know if you guys know this, but I have a nap time. I'm baby. <laughs> Callie Bell I has. not. I just ate ramen and played a round of Uno. And then what? I came in here and recorded. You are more chaotic than I am sometimes. I just ate beef, ramen, and played Uno. And then How I came to record. a good combination. <laughs> not at the same time. Okay. All right, but the, yeah, that, that's it. That's it for today. Yeah. We need to figure out an outro. Future album, Future us problems. Uh, yeah, future us problems. Well, we could do it today and get it over with, so I can edit it in in future episodes. But I gotta, I gotta stop recording because I'm technically still grounded. Please, please. Fine. Thank you. And then we proceeded to make the outro, which will be played now once I get it edited. Future Calvin, better edit it. And that is it for today. My name's Gage. And my name's Calvin. Stay creepy. <laughs>